0: On today's Believe in Chicago Sports podcast, we break down the Cubs' surprising trade of Yu Darvish, rebuilding, retooling, what are they doing? We also give a quick whip around at the end about what we're thinking on the Bulls, the Hawks, and maybe, just maybe, your playoff-bound Bears. All that and more in episode 32, coming at you
1: now. Welcome in to the Believe in Chicago Sports podcast. I'm Dan Collins, alongside here with my good friend and podcast partner, Joey Gelman. You can find on Twitter at Joey Gelman. Myself, you can find there as well at TweetDanCollins. You can find this lovely show there at Believe in Chicago. And as always, we are brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Joey, let's jump right on the podcast train here. First stop, U Darvish land. We exit the bus. In San Diego we are, as U Darvish traded to the San Diego Padres. A little bit um, out of nowhere, you could definitely say. <laughs> you knew some moves were coming, but here we are, and definitely a lot to discuss on this i i kind of want to go macro picture as i sometimes always do look at the really big picture of what this all means but uh, i'll slide this right over to joey really quick as our cubs fan of the show interesting to hear your initial thoughts here joey there's not one thing that i've read heard or anything about this trade where there's a cub fan who is all good with it and it's funny, I don't think I've even asked you via text message or the pre-show at all your actual take on it, whether it just be as simple as good, bad, or okay. So I guess I'm kind of curious to see exactly where you stand on it. I guess
0: to answer you know your question the way you, you, you phrased it there, I guess I'm kind of in between the bad and okay category, I think, because... The reality is, if you look at this team from a big picture perspective, they weren't going to compete for a World Series this year. Like no way, and and that's been the decline we've seen. It sucks, but it's true. You're not beating the Padres. Well, now you're not. They not you, Darvish, but you're not beating the Padres. You're not beating the Dodgers, the Rays, the the Indians, the the whomever it may be, and the anybody, the anybody's, <laughs> the Braves, and. I think that's where you're kind of okay with understanding this team needs change, but you lean towards the bad too, because you're sitting here going, well, crap, like, is this over? Like this whole run is, is this it? You got, you know, a a nice chunk of playoff appearances, only one world series appearance and win. And now you're moving along and, and getting rid of Darvish, who was a Cy Young candidate last year for, four guys you may not see for another five years. I mean, one if they got like a top prospect that's coming in and you say, okay, I can justify it. He'll be here in a year or two. You still got yeah. a decent amount of your core left, but that's where I'm kind of sitting with it because it's it's an okay, I needed to see change, but also the return and the way it's kind of gone down just screams kind of funny to me of like this is a bad way to end things. That means this runs kind of over. It looks like a bad salary dump from a rickets-crying-poor perspective and using the pandemic as an excuse to shed salary when you're still a billionaire. So, like, it just kind of stinks in that way, but I'm not appalled by it because, frankly, this team isn't good enough to compete for a title
1: anymore. Well, you see, that's the biggest thing I actually want to touch on is what message does it send to the fan base from an ownership perspective in terms of how they're going to handle business, right? because let's face it, you could be in a major league baseball team, the ones that all the fans want. we talk about all the time. you want to be the New York Yankee style where no matter what you could compete every single year because you're willing to by any means necessary, open up the checkbook, Right, how many ever checks need to be done to make sure you are somewhat in contention year after year after year? What's a rebuild? Right, no such thing as a rebuild to 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 those very very few teams out there across all the major sports leagues who hardly ever have to do the rebuild thing. This goes to show you that the current Cubs ownership now might not necessarily want to go that route of no matter what, no matter what the times are, the, the, the times are, no matter. The decline on the roster, we're not going to be all in every single year and do whatever it takes necessary, mostly financially, to make sure we're competing every year. And that's fine, but like you said, now as a Cubs fan, you have to come to terms with, all right, well, is that what we're going to do is just rebuild this thing every four or five years because we're never going to be the team to we're just always in it? Because let's face it. Let's just rewind a little bit back to 2016, right? When the Cubs won the World Series and the it's the, the the ceiling is sky high because then you got, oh, the hotels are coming, Wrigleyville's just going to be like, all oh, the money's going to be coming in. This team's going to become the New York Yankees of the Central. They'll never be down. Sure they'll have off years. No, they're not going to win the World Series every year, but we are here forever. It felt like as a team who is going to contend. And less than five years later, it's a totally different message sent to Cubs fans. And I get we're in a pandemic, <laughs> and like you said, you have Ricketts now crying poor and using it as as one of the reasons why potentially now they, they got to make these cuts. And no, he hasn't necessarily come out and said anything like that, where, oh, this is why we have to do it, because we're bleeding money from here and there. But I think that would upset me as a fan, wouldn't it, in terms of this is the kind of ownership we have, like... If they really want to, they don't have to shed the money. If I think they can spend more money, they can do whatever they want. It's their money. <laughs> it's their team. But that's, I think, the biggest thing now is with the ownership you have, this is how they're running business.
0: Well, and that's just it. And and, and I, all I ask as a fan is for them to be honest with me. And so if if they came out and said it, like when Theo got the job, he's like, this is going to be the ugliest baseball you will see for two or three years. And then we'll turn it around and it's gonna be sensational. But right now, just like the Hawks kinda of did for the last couple of years, they haven't come out and said what their plan is. So you're expecting, okay, they're gonna be competitive. And you sit here now and it just looks bad, like a bad salary dump. And to me, if you're Tom Ricketts, like I I get, you know, revenues are down and things, but If you go into, and I know they're not saying they're going into rebuild mode, but if you go into a mode where you're kind of an average team, well, how are you going to make the money back on the hotels, the restaurants, the bars, everything around there? It's not going to have that same feel, or let alone the marquee network. Like, who's going to pay for an extra network when the team is... Not competing for championships. That doesn't marry well. So I don't get why there's such an overreaction for this singular year of a pandemic financially for them.
1: Think about it, Joey. And granted, there was no marquee sports network. There was no hotels and all this stuff around Wrigleyville during, say, the time, let's just go pre-2012. The the year, right before the golden age of Cubs baseball, where they sucked. Right. And no matter what, they still the house. Yes, but now the you expectations different. are different.
0: That's what's changed. Before, you could sell out a game if they were in last place, first place, or in between. Absolutely. Now there's an expectation for them to be good. And if they're not good, it's like,
1: why why spend the money to go see them? Do you think that really happened, though? For example, when, when we're finally able to go catch a Cubs game together in Wrigley Field at, with, with a sold-out crowd, as many people as you want, do you think the record is really going to matter I don't know if it will. It depends how so many years level 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 in a row
0: they have. It depends yeah. how many years you have in a row of a bad record. I don't know. It just... I, I, I don't like the the aura around it of this just idea of it. If they come on and said, we are realizing we're at the end of our window. And JetHorror kind of said that today of, like, we're retooling yeah. and we got to look a little bit to the future. But... You know, you still have a pieces that won you this thing, and 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 they still want to win, and so when you, it, it just looks bad from a Ricketts perspective of like, I don't want to spend this money. I'm also making fans pay more money to see this team that's not going to be as good. It just, it it just, it's not the happy go lucky relationship I think Cubs fans used to have with the team and Ricketts to where they sit now after a move like this.
1: And he really did, Jed Hoyer, that is, try to sell it as if, no, like, this is the best package out on the market that I could have had. This is the market value I could get somebody for a Darvish and a Victor Carantini. He tried putting that spin on it so it didn't seem so salary dumpy, if you will. But the reality of the situation is that's exactly what it's coming off as, and you can believe him if you want. I don't necessarily, and I feel the majority of Cup fans definitely don't, and... Now it goes back to not only as a Cub fan would you have to now live with, all right, well, this apparently is the kind of ownership we have until they show us otherwise in terms of being able to just splash the cash on this team, in particular with the actual roster, until they're willing to go all a la George Steinbrenner about it. This is kind of the perspective I'm I'm going to have on this ownership group. Also, you're kind of closing the curtain. Like you said, right on that on that 2016 core, it was funny. I saw an image today, and it was like the towel, right, that has all the names. You saw yeah, I one? saw that too. Yeah, yeah. It, it really brought me back because I remember actually back in you know the White Sox '05 days when it was probably like. Eh, 2009, 2010, one of those seasons when I was looking back at my 2005 championship roster shirt with all the names on the back, and you know, visually, I I do it myself for, oh, that guy's not there, that guy's not there. So, as a Sox fan, yeah, I I could totally relate to something like that. But they're all gone except for like the main main core: Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, Ross. (laughs) Ross is still in there, even though not as a player. But now you're starting to come to grips with, oh wow, like that main that main window is. Is closed now too, so I don't. It, it's 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 very interesting now coming coming to grips with that and and who's next I, I think is is something that Cubs fans are worrying about now because this one kind of came out of the blue and is it Brian next Are they shopping him and you know Jed Hoyer obviously made it seem today like oh you know no no necessarily you know shopping anybody at, at the moment but obviously they're listening to as many calls that are coming in and if you're one of the teams who have your eye on a Chris Bryant. Have your eye on an Anthony Rizzo. Have your eye on a Wilson Contreras. I'm sure you're blowing up Jed Hoyer's phone right now. But yeah, just uh, interesting to think that it's uh, it's kind of all over now, isn't it? In terms of with that core, you have to start with somewhat yeah. of a rebuild. It's, and sad. it's not over. No, I it's think not. There's at least one or two big moves coming up this season.
0: Well, look at the Blackhawks, right? Like they won three cups, they were in the playoffs for a decade. And their main guys are still there, but they still were at least like I don't know competitive for a decade. Like that's what you expected from this team is to to be competitive for ten years, and have only five have it kind of cut in half is a tough pill to swallow. And I will you know give this ownership and and front office credit for what they did and how they built this team and got the ultimate prize, but and did did it at all costs, but. Seeing now what you got in return for you, Darvish, you question if their aggressiveness was actually necessary in terms of, okay, I want to get an as Chapman. Well, we we're, we want Glaber Torres. And instead of saying, No, I'm gonna make a better deal, you said, We're going all in because we gotta get that guy. <laughs> right? Which is a smart move at the time. Yeah. But you question now, because you kinda of look at it and go, Everything's depleted now as a farm system and now you have you Darvish, who I would argue could be a, a, a hotter commodity than a, a Rollins Chapman for almost a Cy Young winning pitcher, a World Series pitcher, yeah, to get four 18 year olds in return that nobody really knows, and they could be superstars. Who knows? But just that idea of everyone knew who Gabriel Torres was. They knew that was the cost of of the the art of the deal in that in that scenario. Yeah. This time now, you go well. You didn't get that return for your own guy, so. How, like it, it kind of puts in, in, into question of how they did this in, in in the first place, and now they're suffering the consequences of that. And I know Theo's rise to World Series championships is impressive, but the end is always kind of ugly. And I think you're unfortunately seeing that now, where they 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 got what they wanted, but the cost for the next five years could be even more now. Could could be devastating.
1: I wonder if it's because it's just simply his strategy of I'm going to go to a place, I'm going to rebuild it from scratch or gut it and then rebuild it. I'm going to gain a lot of talent in the farm system, build a lot of them up, get get some big names via free agency, and then once we finally get to that point – so all that we have to, like you said, win at any means necessary now, even if it is giving up a, a Gleyber Torres for a Aroldis Chapman for that last little piece in the bullpen to potentially and then obviously do win you a World Series championship. But do you gut so much in getting to that ultimate destination and winning, which for the Cubs, luckily they did, that now when it's all over and said and done, it's so much harder to repeat it because you've gutted so much and just getting to that one championship ring for the Cubs, it seems like that may have been the case. And I mean, think about it. the last—the last three postseasons have been awful <laughs> for, for for the Cubs. The past three years have just been—I mean, the year at, 2017 after after the um, you know the, the World Series where you at least get bounced by the Dodgers—that was that that was you know reasonable. But then the last three seasons, the way it all ended, very ugly. You know, we don't we don't have to remind Cubs fans of that. So what I'm getting at there is. Man, how things took place after 2016, when the sky was the limit, that now leads us here today. The expectations were a lot higher, a, a whole lot higher, and I think that this could have been this could have been a lot easier for Cub fans to bear. For example, if you did trade away you Darvish and Kieransini, or you know, name whatever player in any kind of different trade, and at least, like you were saying, got back a top 100 prospect or two, or somebody who was on the cusp. Like right there, like just outside the top 100. like then it would have been like, all right, well, they're they're doing this whole rebuild thing. I like it though. They're getting valuable enough prospects we could buy into this. But instead, you just made it seem like a complete money dump. And I feel like Cub fans were coming to grips with the fact that the current team they had in play wasn't going to get the job done. Kind of like you alluded to earlier. What they have on paper, you are not confident enough in terms of making a long postseason run. Okay. Well, if you're going to do a rebuild and you're going to gut it, at least do it right. Right? (laughs) Like it seems more of the salary dump than it is, hey, get us – Get us some proper value in return, which makes it seem like just a pure money thing. And who knows? Maybe Jed is telling the truth in terms of this is the best package out there for you, Darvish. Like I said, though, it's just so hard to believe that.
0: Right, because none of these guys are even close to major league ready. Like that's no. that's why I think it's the most disheartening. If you got even if it's not a top one hundred guy, if you knew this guy could maybe crack a spring training roster and then crack the opening day roster as a extra shortstop for you. And he turns into like a David Bodie or someone who's like, you know, above average. Okay, like that's fine. But these guys are literally in high school. So like they're not coming here for at least five years. Which then makes it look like you said, this is that salary dump. This is that we are offloading everything to get guys that will be here for the next time they're ready for a World Series in 2025. Like, that's where the mindset is like, holy crap, like, we're doing this now? It's it's
1: sell everything? Everything must go? It has to be. Think about it. Just think of the last few big moves. Lester, nah, maybe again down the road, but no, it doesn't seem, No, you're, you're not a cub. Okay, Lester signs all the bar tabs, Miller lights for everyone, he's out of town. Kyle Schwarber, really? We don't have enough money to, to, to bring him back? Do we not think that's what he's worth? Really? No, Kyle Schwarber? And then you have this, every move so far has seemed purely just dollars and cents economics. It seems nothing in the actual best interest of making the club better. So you could say where we're at today, this is the best move. This is how we make the club better in the long term. But does it really or is this just a forced move that you had to do to get rid of X amount of salary? And I think there's going to be really – like there's at least one or two big ones coming up because Rizzo Baez, Bryant, as we mentioned, they're all in the last year of their contracts too. You mean to tell me if they're money dumping or trying to get rid of and you know as much dollars as they possibly can? Think about it. they're gonna want to get something in return for, for Rizzo, Baez and Brian, even if it's just dumping the salaries for this year and getting a few of those 17, 18, 20 year old prospects, right? So I don't know. It just seems when you're aligning all the stars and you're just not thinking of this Hugh Darvish deal, but you're even going back to, oh, I didn't even bring back Schwarber. That was like the one we talked about just a couple weeks ago. All of it is aligning in a very, very bad place yeah. for the Cubs Well, and in, just, in terms of how ownership is handling it. Well,
0: that and just happening on the heels of the Blake Snell trade with the Rays, that's why I think the microscope's on it because that was clearly just a salary dump for a team that was a World Series, you know, Contender again going into this year, and so you have that now where they're literally in the business of just trying to survive monetarily and not caring anything about the on-field product. And the team is still good enough. And then you have this with the Cubs, and they're like, "Are they now the Rays? Are they acting like it?" The timing didn't help this either to make them look any any worse.
1: Well, also let's not let's think of this one too. Think of even before like the Kyle Schwarber thing with Theo Epstein leaving town, deciding, you know what, my time has come. I'm I'm seeing y'all later. Deuces. Like, did he know something? We we talked about this one. They decided they weren't bringing Schwarber back. Um, hmm. I wonder if 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 Theo knew that he was going to be really handcuffed into how creative he can actually be, and in, in terms of how much money are you going to give him to be that creative, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So. I none of it is adding up to like I said, a delicious tasting recipe. No. Right. Unfortunately, none of not. it all makes sense. If you're if you're the crazy guy connecting all the red dots on the map, it's just bad, bad, bad. It's all leading to one place. And who knows? Yes, we could be completely wrong in speculating that, but there's nothing else that's really giving you enough reason to say otherwise. And I think that's the bigger picture point here, is that are we are the Cubs and is ownership making the right moves? Is every move being made truly in the best interest of the club, whether it be for contending this season or in the long haul, or are we just strictly looking at, you know, we're opened up an Excel spreadsheet. We're looking at just all the numbers all in terms of just money and making moves strictly from that column instead of all the other baseball analytics and making the team better. It's a scary thing to think about if you're a Cubs fan, because yes, sure. Let's face it. Hey, this just in. There's tons of professional owners who run their teams that way. Whether it be MLB, NFL, NBA, you name it, tons and tons and tons. However, <laughs> two things with the Chicago Cubs. One, you don't have to run it that way, right? The the and two, All right, you makes you feel like the go- Pirates, right? You you have no, you do not, you you have the money to get to get through this. At least that's what I. Unless I'm wrong, <laughs> my assumption is Cubs ownership has enough money to get through this. And if they wanted to actually even spend more money, they can. They're deciding not to. That's fine. They're prerogative. Do what you want to do. But if you're a fan of the team, it sucks, <laughs> right? W- which I'm not, but I can only imagine because you would want the type of ownership that everybody wants, where this is your team. We'll we'll do whatever it takes to make the product better and to make them true contenders year in and year out. Whether they are or whether they're not, we'll do what we can if possible to make that happen. But I think it's just sending one of those scary signals to cuff fans where this is not the, that's not the ownership you have. If you thought you had it, if you thought you were going to be the New York Yankees of the National League and just compete every year at all cost, doesn't necessarily look like that's what you have now. And one more time more, more to your point of the whole pandemic we're in they can use that reason now but hopefully as things get better and as the years go on then you'll see what they hide behind then right who knows or maybe it'll all change maybe they'll listen to the podcast and change their ways who knows? i think so there you go but i don't know i guess just what what, what would you say now is is your expectation moving forward the next couple seasons if you're trying to really wrap your head around it when you're thinking of how ownership is handling things when you think about how the new front office is going to take place what kind of cubs team do you have even just in two or three years
0: it's a great question that was my question for you right. too it's like i, I don't
1: i <laughs> look at that we know each other yeah so much.
0: like I, I don't know what to expect so like if you sit here and go what am i expecting this year from the team i don't know anymore your starting rotation oh, is Kyle Hendricks you, and Alec I think Mills. It averages baseball team, right? right? But the one that could probably win the division because it's not that great. So, right. you know, two to three years. I don't know. I, I think it's probably a a two year competitive retool where you see some of your fan favorites go and and, and they they stay competitive to then where by twenty twenty three twenty twenty four you may be back. Uh, Maybe at the World Series level. You can sneak into the playoffs before then. I think they will. I mean, there's no. they won the division so this
1: optimistic. year. Joey and five I have to right back, going right back to the ship, baby. Let's go. I have yeah. to
0: because then we need the Cubs-White
1: Sox World Series in the same championship window. That's true. See, as a Sox fan, that breaks my heart now that the Cubs won't right? be competing for the next couple of years because this is the White Sox championship window and we were supposed to meet each other. Right? Now. What's going on? Well, They're messing our plans up. Stars aren't aligning for... That's Chicago Cubs, Chicago White Sox, Red Line, World Series. But stars might be aligning as we get into some quick notes here at the end of the show. Stars might be aligning for the Chicago Bears, right? Couple couple quick thoughts on them before we wrap things up. And those are a few things is it's been a really weird week for Chicago sports mostly negative things because let's face it you darvish trade negative we'll get into you know a really quick snippet of you know oh captain my captain jonathan Taze and unfortunately his his illness he's struggling with wish him well but not so much positive news right except for unless you want to consider the beers potentially going to the postseason a positive note i guess it kind of is i mean <laughs> some people would take it as a negative but
0: yeah i Listen, as much as we've bitched about the Bears all year, the fact is,
1: well, it may not I be have good... No choice but to cheer now.
0: Right, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I'm, I'm ecstatic for Sunday, and the fact that this team never makes the playoffs, that they're sitting here a game away, is awesome. I mean, it may not be good for the long haul, but for right now, you never know when you're going to get in. So you might as well take advantage of it. Can they beat the Packers if Aaron Rodgers plays the whole game? Maybe not. But...
1: Which he might, depending on how things are looking, he might. Yeah, they, they
0: like they did it right. They moved all the games at the same time, so you can never yeah. bench anyone.
1: I mean, the only way they're getting the the top C. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is if they beat the Bears or if Seattle loses. Correct,
0: and they're all at four thirty or three thirty Central. So
1: exactly. So unless you know Seattle comes out of the game at the in the first half, they're just you know getting blown out by the 49ers, thirty to zero or something like that. Rodgers is probably playing at least the majority of the game. I would think so. <laughs> So, exactly, and they definitely have something to play for. It's not like – if they're at least out of contention for a bye, say they just clinch the division, right. but they're, they're not – Then – Who cares? Odds are pretty all right heading into Sunday. Odds right. are pretty all right, but the Packers having something to play for now. Like, they beat up on the Bears. They get to take a week off, and they get a bye. Like, that's pretty huge. Oh, and yeah. The Bears are a team they they well are they're, – they're well aware they could beat, beat the Bears. So – I don't know, but at least something to watch where the Bears took it all the way to week 17 for you, Joey. Yeah, you know,
0: it matters. Well, I was going to say, it matters. The fact that they're playing December football that matters is, is something you, you don't get to say very often. So that's that's fun.
1: That could it'll be January football by that time. That's true. We'll, we'll be in the new year. The, the Bears will be playing a meaningful game in early 2021. Wow. Are they going to the postseason? You know what? I won't do that to you. Are they winning Sunday? Well, if they win Sunday, they go to the postseason. So, yeah, I guess I'll phrase it that way. Are the Bears going to the postseason?
0: I'm going to say they lose Sunday if Rodgers plays the whole game, but make the postseason with a Cardinals loss. Okay. Even if the Rams – I know the Rams are probably playing a backup on Sunday, but anything can happen
1: okay i like that i'm i'm going with the bears loss too which is a good thing because i've been saying bears loss here bears loss here all year and they come out with some victories. so i don't see the the packers just have a little too too good yeah yeah they're too damn good they have a reason to beat us let let, let's face it even if they had nothing to fight for they they still potentially could beat the bears ass but and i hate to say it i hate I, i really do but my whole time being a Bears fan, sorry Bears, prove me wrong. The Packers <laughs> have the ability to just go out and embarrass you. They embarrassed you a few weeks ago, so I hope the Bears make the playoffs because at this point, why the heck not? So I'll, I'll root for. I'll, I'll, I'm going with your same prediction. I'm rooting for it too. I'm rooting against the Cardinals. Whatever second string, third string, fourth string quarterback the Rams put out there, I don't care what, what whoever it is. Please go out there and just beat the Cardinals. Bears, good luck Sunday. Don't necessarily see them beating the Packers, but if they do. They're in control of their own destiny. They go to the playoffs. Moving on now, Chicago Bulls. We'll touch on the boys at the United Center a little bit. Finally got a win. <laughs> their first win, Washington Wizards. Watch, watch a pretty good amount of that game, and it, it's interesting. I mean, that Wizards team, not very good at all. Also, Russell Westbrook. It, it's weird watching a Russell Westbrook who was like, not really russell westbrook anymore like he's still going to drop you triple doubles time and time again he's chasing oscar robinson's oscar robertson's record there of what is it like 189 i believe it was on the graphic but doesn't have that explosiveness to to the to the rim anymore but can still get you some points he's going to grab boards he's going to get rebounds but from what i've seen of the bulls so far and we got plenty of time to talk about them on this show down the road could they please play some damn defense Please play some defense. Why are they going along with the whole cliché of oh there's no there's no defense played in today's modern NBA. What the hell? The first couple games I watched, which out the gate, I'm pumped. Different team, different identity. Donovan's running the show. Let's go, baby. Giving up points after points after points and luckily, you know, they, they the Wizards ended up going for over a century mark against the Bulls. All of the Bulls were in control the majority of the way, but They finally defeated a bad team, 0-3 Wizards team now, but boys, come on, I'm trying to be a little bit more optimistic of Bulls basketball going in, and if they're going to be playing defense like that, uh, probably not watching too many entertaining games.
0: Yeah, and and it's going to be interesting because I think, you know, the whole theme this year is I'm not looking for wins and losses this year, I'm looking for development, and when you know, you come out the gate and you lose, you know, you lose losing by 40 in the first game, by 30 in the second game. You keep you stringing, stringing loss. You get a win against a bad Wizards team, like you said. That's not a good sign to me of where these players are at. And I think there's probably a lot of pressure because all new management and coaches can literally clean house this entire roster. But also it's worrisome as a Bulls fan because you go, how many of these guys can you actually bet on to be on this team when they're ready to compete again for playoff spots, and they're all really young. They all have a lot of development. I, I get that. I know that. But if you're sitting here and and you're looking at, at some of the names when you go, I mean Levine's different, but I, I whether it's a Kobe White, a Daniel Gafford, a Hutchison, even Patrick Williams now is in the in the fold, and 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 you got a lot of players here. Either just right above 25 or 25 and under, that are still a lot of question marks. And I I know they're betting on their development. I know that's their thing. But and even with marketing too, and, and there's concern to be had of when all of these guys are kind of regressing. And you look at like a Wendell Carter Jr., who I know is, you know, only 20-something years old, but he's sitting there. From a from a great player at Duke to now like not even having the confidence to take an open two point jumper, you go, what's going on here? And 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 you just worry that even though it's a new regime, like the players from the old regime can't even crack a roster when they're ready to be competitive, and that's a big
1: overhaul you'd need then. Panic button, panic button. Is Joey pushing the panic button? Oh, so I am. I love season? it. Man, you're sweating there. You're breaking a sweat. <laughs> it's Come just on. I don't want to be so negative be about of it, but little when... faith. And I get it. The first couple games they sucked. I mean, even last night where they were in control most of the way. It's against a Wizards team who's not all that great. And hey, a win's a win. They were. Fairly dominant throughout, especially in the second half. But still, I mean, you got to look at the opponent you face. And the few games before that, they were not very good at all, especially on the defensive end of it. So, I mean, they're, they're, your, your concerns are fair. I, 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 I will say that. But oh, they're nuts. I'm just a crazy person. <laughs> a lot of basketball left. Maybe the thing is, I'm, and I'm giving Donovan plenty of time here, but at least when we come at least, I don't know, 10, 15 more games in, I want to see a, a lot more better defensive play, right? Like, I, don't, I don't know what it was, but the first the first few games, I just wanted to throw up watching that kind of defense, both transition defense, you name it, getting into sets. I was just like, come on, boys. But another, some more big news, as uh, we mentioned, the other boys who play at the United Center, the captain, Jonathan Taves, right? Medical issue, not joining the boys at camp, which is a big blow, obviously, for the Blackhawks who are ready with, without Kirby Doc due to a wrist injury. Just when we were excited for some Blackhawks hockey to come along soon, you get some news like that. Obviously, you do not like hearing anything. You know, if, if you just paraphrase the statement, it was basically Jonathan Tay saying, Hey, there's a medical issue I've been dealing with, feeling lethargic. Think just aka not himself, right? Not, definitely not fit enough to play the game of hockey, which is why he's not breaking camp with the rest of the team. And then, you know, obviously more to come on that, but. Really hate hearing that. Not not great news whatsoever. And the Blackhawks were committing to at least what seems like they were committing to bringing in the youngsters, doing a little bit of a rebuild of themselves, as is apparently the current uh, just constant trend here in Chicago sports the past four or five years. But you want to taste to obviously be that guy to mentor a lot of the youngins coming up that was probably going to be one of his biggest roles right i mean what else would would he be wrong for but to show these guys the ropes and just an awesome captain the the black blackhawks have had all these years and that was some that was some crappy news right <laughs> that that's not we're trying to get excited here trying to end the year well and go into hockey season a little bit more optimistic and then you get some news like that which obviously sucks
0: yeah, it definitely sucks. I mean, I I don't think anyone expected this team to be that great this year, but you just you like to see Taves and Kane out there and mentoring the guys and skating alongside of Kirby Doc, who also you know is injured too now. And it's just it's it's unfortunate. I I I worry because I mean I, listen, no one can speculate what the what the health issue is. It's not right to, but there was you know a couple years back in Taves' career when he had his most down years for like about a year or two. And he had changed his diet. He changed everything, kind of about him, and it wreaked havoc almost on his body. Like he couldn't perform. He couldn't. Uh, he couldn't play the level he wanted. He was not as strong as he wanted to be, and was able to figure that out. To where you know, last year, and, and, and it is kind of back to form. And you just wonder if there's something. I know I said you can't speculate, but I just, I'm, I'm wondering if there's something to what had happened, you know, three years ago, to where something is occurring again, where his his body is unable to to with, with you know sustain itself and, and and sustain a hockey season, and let alone just be a healthy person outside of the sport. Like that's that's concerning, yeah, let alone. you know. Like like when you're not yourself, you know, whether it was three years ago or now. Especially amidst everything that's going on right now, you know, that's that that's very concerning. So, I, you know, I'm wishing the best for him, but it's definitely, yeah, not the way you want to start. And you don't want to have one of those fluke things here where, you know, we saw Henrik Lundqvist have to, you know, basically sit out and maybe almost retire this year due to health concerns. You had Miriam Hose's skin allergy to the New Jersey material yeah. that forced him to retire. Now you have Taves here, who's still, you know, a pretty young 32, but... Could be facing a similar – yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. It's, it's scary. So I, I hope it doesn't end that way, but
1: we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, well, we hate to end the show on that note, right? <laughs> Where was the nice little fun kicker we had? We Here, had happy to, new we're, year. We're, yeah, there, there you go, which the next time we, we speak to these lovely listeners, yeah. Will, after the new year, and if you're going with Joey's prediction, will be when the Bears have punched their ticket to the playoffs. Hell yeah. See, so that's they, positive. Pause. <laughs> what what's the biggest thing before we wrap this show up what's the biggest thing you're looking for on sunday for the bears and even if they lose what will make you content in terms of just the actual game against the also hated packers keeping this offensive rhythm and sticking with the thing i said i needed
0: as my holiday wish is david montgomery kick-ass game Because as good as this Bears defense can be, they're not stopping Aaron Rodgers. It's just that simple. He's that MVP-level good. So if the Bears offense can keep kind of flowing how it's flowing. Right. right. So if they
1: keep flowing as they're flowing, that's a win for me. Okay. Just keep it flowing. (laughs) Just keep swimming, boys. Uh, Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. swimming. Well, what are you most excited
0: for then for the Bear game? What's your takeaway?
1: What would make you happy? What am I most excited for? I'm most excited that it's it's incredibly meaningful whereas if they some I mean think about this if you end the year with beating the Packers and it's to go to the playoffs you can't help but as a Bears fan be pumped about that Oh
0: yeah that's like double McCaskey euphoria <laughs> Yeah
1: I, I mean just just within living in the moment which is what you should do Sunday if that happens really big if but if that happens don't worry about the future at that point just just live in the moment be happy about just what that means, just historically in terms of just fun history, right? That oh, that's the year we defeated the Packers in Week 17 to go to the playoffs. We were in control of our own destiny. We did it. So if, if that is what happens, once again, big if, then enjoy it, live in the moment. Don't think about oh shit, that means negative. Pe- they're all coming back. Who cares? Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Um, but. Even if that doesn't happen, so whether they win or lose, the biggest thing I'm going to be looking for, (laughs) I hate to say this because I thought I was so done with it. But it's honestly the play of Mitchell Trubisky because I think he has a really big chance of coming back next year. Drink
0: that Kool-Aid. Drink that Kool-Aid.
1: Hey, whether it be a one- or two-year contract, think about it. And we'll, we'll discuss this a lot too along the way. He's got a legitimate enough chance of coming back. Whether or not he would want to come back to the Bears, let's just say he ends the season off in fine, fine fashion. He'll get an offer or two. Not, you know, nothing huge, but there's there'll be NFL teams who are interested in his services. So it's not necessarily Bears or buzz for his NFL career. So I'm not even going to jump to that point and say, oh, whatever the Bears offer him, this is his team. He'll come right back to it. But that being said, I think there is a – decent chance heck it's probably at 50 50 at this point if not higher that he's in a bears uniform next year the the year has just been one that weird and two looking into the future there's not many options available that you might have to ride it out for one more year like next year if he ends the season well next year will be what you thought you were going to get this year to a certain extent right because He has proven within the last couple games, albeit against some okay, (laughs) to, to be nice, NFL teams, he's shown progression. And after coming back from his benching, he shows that he's a little bit better at playing the position. That's the kind of Mitch you were at least hoping for to start the season. So I could see it happening. I could see next year just being a return of and then getting the the style of play that you thought you were potentially getting this year but or he can have a clunker and we can live in the moment and he could be gone immediately <laughs> there could be no such thing as bringing Mitch Trubisky back but to answer the question yes that's whether win or lose I will definitely be interested in the play of a one Mitchell Trubisky
0: so then that's the new year's hope right 2021 the year of Mitch Trubisky <laughs> and stay I'll tell with you this. me
1: everybody I'll tell you this, if the Bears bring him back on a one or two year deal, every you're going to have to hope that he progresses again and takes this team to the Super Bowl because let's face it, <laughs> w- let's face it, when it comes to this defensive unit, they probably only have about two or three seasons left. If that, yeah. If that to where you could ride their coattails to the Super Bowl, you need you need somebody under center who's okay enough to ride that wave with them and get there and if mitch is the guy for another year or two from now well the simple combination of that if, if you're going to get to the super bowl it might have to be with him within the next year or two scary thought, but super but you know. super bear super bowl you and heard not it here drinking, first that's not me drinking the kool-aid that's just me laying out the all too early numbers and, and just the facts <laughs> of it right
0: <laughs> i love it i love it all right well that's gonna do it for us today on believe in chicago sports thank you guys so much for listening throughout our first i guess it's our you know our first calendar year doing the show so we get yeah. to come back with you in uh, 2021 so thank you guys for liking and uh subscribing and dealing with dan and i each and every week we love uh bringing our conversations to you he's on twitter at tweet dan collins i'm on twitter at joey gullman the show believe in chicago sports is on twitter too at Believe in Chicago, part of the Believe Podcast Network, the number one network for professionals. Again, uh, we thank you guys so much for listening. We're looking forward to talking to you in 2021. Have a happy and a healthy new year, and we will catch you on Monday for your playoff-bound Chicago Bears. Until then, take care.